certainly been missing and we have certainly been active i'm sorry you guys we didn't make it last week i'm sure you guys will forgive me you know how this goes i've warned you about this you have found the bushels and barrels program and we are back as usual i am joined by my patriotic partner say hello jessica hello jessica (laughs) man i'm tired i know (laughs) like i'm sleepy (laughs) and we have been pulling some big days big big days and have I, boy, have I got some stories to tell you guys of what happened to me this week. They're this waiting week. for an explanation. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I really don't From know. my Facebook post last night. I guess. Yeah. 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 I'm sure people, have you gotten any text messages checking on your mental health? <laughs> you need to go to see a shrink to make sure you're okay because you're not smart enough to figure out that you're okay. <laughs> So last weekend, why we missed, I, I ran down to a friend of mine's wedding, um, high school friend of mine, and it was like a high school reunion. It was great. And then I stayed with my mom and dad, me and Alden. I stayed did. back and worked. You did. Um, I begged you to go and you said, oh, I need to be working or I'll go with you if you need me to. And I said, yeah, well, I can go on my own. So um, I showed up on my own That's right. <laughs> to, to a wedding, a kid free wedding, which means that I couldn't take Alden to like keep me distracted and all that stuff so he stayed with mom and dad it was so good to just be back home and then I went to church with mom and dad on Sunday and um, which typically Sunday like during fall harvest here Sundays is the day that we record yes and you weren't here I wasn't I thought Mm -hmm. about trying to do it by myself but I don't know yeah I will do that if I absolutely have to but it's just more fun to have you in here with us well we have chats all the time so this is fun yeah Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. that's the reason we weren't here last week and uh, we finally got a rain on Tuesday to break this drought. Mm-hmm. And it was, we got an inch and three to four tenths, depending on where you were standing. And it's pretty uniform. Um, got all my wheat sprouted now. Because I had some wheat that was laying, you know, the stuff that you plant right behind the combine where it's just laying in residue and it's not in the ground. It's just kind of laying between the residue and the ground. Well, now that's all sprouted and coming up. So that's good. We're going to end up with a really good wheat stand because awesome. of that. And awesome. um, then... And we got another, I don't know, eight tenths last night. I shelled corn till 1230 last night, mm-hmm. trying to get the last of the corn in Wabash County done. Mm-hmm. I haven't touched a lick of corn in Edwards County, so I still got a long way to go. But you came in in the middle of the night and scared me. <laughs> I was tired. I don't know what you did. You banged up against the bed or something. You yeah. fell over. I have no idea what I you did. I didn't fall over, but I was pretty tired. <laughs> sounded like there was an elephant in the room, just saying. <laughs> anyway. I don't want to hear nothing about that. Well, you... And el- that's the way you sound in the morning whenever I'd like to sleep in. I swear you take ice downstairs and throw it up as high as you can and catch it with the most clanky glass that there's possibly ever been invented. <laughs> I'm serious. You're just so damn loud, slamming drawers around, oh, cabinets. There's yeah. nothing. There's no one louder in the morning than, I, than Jessica. Oh, whatever. I'm just saying. Okay. Well, anyways, we all have our downfalls. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't. Over this past week, we worked our butts off, but I didn't get much done. Um, and it's not because of the rain. Yeah, the rain kept us out of the field for one day, but my biggest problem was. <laughs> 
All right, so to let you guys know, I'm not a BTO BTO with four semis and ten employees and things you don't like have that. you don't even have two semis. So. No, I got yeah. one semi. <laughs> so here's how I move my grain out of the field. I've got an auger wagon, grain cart, chase a bin, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And if I have a person like my 17 year old to run it, he runs it, and we dump on the go and take the auger cart, dump it in my semi. Sometimes dump it in the gravity wagons. Because I've got two 500 bushel gravity wagons. Yeah, it's not sexy, but it gets the job done. That's how I move my grain out of the field. Get the wagons loaded. Dad pulls them up to the farm to unload them with corn. And right as he's getting ready to pull over the dump, the engine uh, oil pressure thing starts going off. So you shut the tractor down. I mean, that's exactly what you do. So he shut the tractor down. Could not figure out what's wrong with it. Um, Herschel Johnson Implement, our local New Holland dealer, came, had to pick the tractor up. So now I'm out the tractor that pulls the wagons. Mm -hmm. So now the wagons are incapacitated. I don't like that, but you know what? I still got the semi, still got Mm -hmm. the auger wagon. We're going to be all right. Mm -hmm. Two days later, I am pulling a load of corn down to Valero in Mount Vernon, Indiana. And my, my Mac CXN 613. Sounds like it starts to backfire. And I realize that diesel engines don't backfire. They don't. But it's exactly what it sounded like. Okay. And every time it did it, I instantly we lost would lose power. Huh. But then it'd kind of come back. I was like, what the hell's wrong with this thing? And there's some pretty big hills you got to pull going down there. And hell, some of those hills, normally when the truck runs right, I can maintain 50 mile an hour by the time I get to the top of them. Mm-hmm. I was down to 30 to 40 mile an hour. And rolling coal, black smoke, I mean, just... Bad deal. Service engine soon light came on, so I managed to limp it on down there, got unloaded, got back to West Salem where my uh, my mechanic is, and he plugged his computer up, cleared some codes, and it ran fine for like the next six hours. I'm on my le- I'm on my next load down there, and then it starts backfiring even more. And I like I said, I just call it backfiring. I know it's something to do with the turbo, and I'm having a hell of a time. This time I barely make it to the top of the hill. I'm just praying Mm -hmm. and i mean out loud in the cab lord jesus christ please just let me get down here and get this load unloaded and get back Mm -hmm. because i mean it it runs okay when it's not loaded of course (laughs) so i managed to get the damn thing back to the farm thank goodness and i thought well i'll take it back up there to to my mechanic and have him look at it he plugs his computer into he goes ryan he goes i I don't know what to tell you he's it's a mac and Macs kind of are proprietary for their software that they have in the trucks for diagnosing and repairing. He said, I don't have a whole lot of that software. Mm. He said, it's kind of the reason I don't like Macs. They're just, they're their own breed. So he said, the next thing you need to do, Ryan, he goes, it's just going to be hit and miss for me to try. It's going to be trial and error to try to figure it out as to where if you would just take it to Vomac and Vincennes, they could look at it, probably tell you exactly what's wrong and fix it. Save you a hell of a lot of money compared to me trial and erring. Yeah, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Get on the phone, call Vomac in Vincennes, Indiana, and uh, yeah, it'd be mid-November before we can get it in. Okay, well, that ain't going to work. I got a shitload. Because <laughs> you need it now. I got a shitload of corn standing in the field. Yeah. The ground conditions are just fine. The combine needs to be rolling. The tractor's blown up. That the tractor that pulls the- my wagons <laughs> is blown up. Now my semi is not running right. And I mean, it's so bad that I don't even trust it to go down the highway. Ugh. Like, I'm just, a, I'm so afraid it's just going to leave me stranded. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, shit, 
what do I do now? Well, we would shell like a load or two a day and I could limp it to a, a grain bin that was really close. But the whole time that I'm doing this limping around, just trying to, trying to keep the combine running, I'm on truckpaper.com looking for trucks. So I think I find one in uh, Montrose, Illinois, some little truck dealership. Waste a day going up there. <laughs> waste an afternoon, actually. Completely waste an afternoon going up there to find out that the damn truck, it was a freight liner. It looked like it had been sitting in a bucket of salt for the past 20 years. Uh, so you know how the rust looks on them and everything. So I was like, yeah, that ain't going to work. So I came back. Not running. Beautiful day. Hell, I mean, and the worst thing is you drive there and you see every man and his dog and their combine out running mm-hmm. and I can't run. Mm-hmm. Never did I dream that my, my bottleneck, my holdup would be I can't get the grain out of the field. Yeah. So that day came and went, laid down. And mind you, I'm looking for a specific truck. I'm not looking for another Mac. Because your mechanic said, Ryan, get rid of your semi, this Mac. I can work on something. I can get parts faster for you if you had this type of truck. A different type of truck than what you had. Anything with a Cummins. Yeah. So what I've been telling people is that your mechanic has actually fired your vehicle, your truck, your semi. (laughs) (laughs) So your your truck got fired from the mechanic. Yeah. (laughs) And now you're in like a, you're in trouble. You need something to get it out. Right. Anyways. Right. So okay. he said, he said, look for a Cummins. He said, I can, I've, I've worked on Cummins all my life. The parts are easy to come by. They're a hell of a lot cheaper than Mac parts. Um, if, if, and guys, our mechanic like works on all of our oil field trucks. He works on like, he gets us in great. I mean, he is yeah. like our, our go-to guy. Yeah. He's if a something great happened dude. to him. Like we would be in, in trouble because he keeps us on the road Yeah, with exactly. everything, exactly. everything, farm and oil. So whenever he says, get something with a Cummins and I could get you running again. Well, that means a lot whenever you've mm-hmm. got a bunch of corn standing in the field and everybody and their dog's out combining and yeah. you're not because yeah. you just can't move it, yeah. you know? So I was very specific on what I was looking for. Didn't care if it was a Peterbilt, didn't care if it was a Freightliner, didn't care what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted something with the Cummins in it. Trucks are hard to find right now. Mm. Good ones, I mean. I can, I mean, I could find jalopies all day long. Yeah. But um, ended up, I was... <laughs> Went to bed that night after going to Montrose, just defeated. And I don't think you ate for two days. <laughs> well, honestly. I was stressed out. Yeah. <laughs> I think you were. And, uh, <laughs> and I woke up at two o'clock in the morning, wide a freaking wake. And I was just like, I have got to find something. I mm-hmm. got to do something. So from two o'clock in the morning to four o'clock in the morning, I sit down in the office, go through truck paper, and mm-hmm. I. I was like, man, I need to be getting sleep. But at the same time, what do I need sleep for? I can't work tomorrow if I don't have a semi. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So I ended up finding a Volvo and I've drove Volvos before. I like those trucks. Mm -hmm. They drive like a car, Mm. but most of them have basically a Mac engine in them. So that's a no, no, Mm -hmm. not going to get that one. Mm -hmm. But I did know that there are a few out there that's got Cummins in them. If I could just find one. Mm Mm-hmm. And I looked and I looked and I couldn't find anything. And I laid back down on the couch at 3.30 in the morning. And I, 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 I'm, I'm serious. I laid down on the couch and I just said, Lord Jesus Christ, number one, give me peace. Not, you know, the, the world's not going to end here because I don't have a sound. Give me peace and bring something to me. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't sleep. About 15 minutes later, I'll be damned if I didn't get up, go right back in the office 
start searching, and I found a Volvo 2017 300,000 miles Eaton 10 speed with a Cummins in it <laughs> in Mayfield, Kentucky. And I don't think I told you this. The day before this happened, so that day that you went up to Montrose with your dad, yeah, I prayed specifically, Jesus, give Ryan exactly what he is looking for down to the exact whatever, whatever that you and John had talked about, whatever yeah. type of truck, that it was there, it was available for you, and that we would be able to get it in a, in a timely manner. And I said <laughs> in my prayer, because I prayed whenever you were on your way down there, to Mount Vernon when you were hauling grain, I'm like, Jesus, supernaturally make that truck get him back home <laughs> in one piece with no breakdowns and he's able to make it back home. <laughs> yeah. So folks, here's how this worked. The last load that I hauled with my Mack truck down to Mount Vernon, I left out of here at about five in the morning. And there's a reason for that. It wasn't because I wanted to get a whole bunch done. Mm -hmm. It was because I was hoping maybe there wouldn't be quite as much traffic on the road just in case I ended up dead on the side of it. <laughs> and that's why I prayed the prayer that I did. I, so. I told Jess, I said, hey, I'll send you a text when yeah. I make it just so you know at least yeah. I made it down there. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and it was a battle. And that was the last That was the last straw that I had with that truck because I barely yeah. made it down there. Yeah. But anyway, I found this Volvo mm -hmm. and beautiful truck. Uh, I called the guy about it. I said, Do you, is it still available? He said, I had two yesterday. I sold one yesterday. And I got a couple of people looking at this one. I said, don't sell it. I'm coming to look at it. I said, just tell me something though. Did it come out of Florida or did it come out of Alaska? <laughs> <laughs> I want to know, has this thing been sitting in buckets of salt? He said, no, this is a truck out of, uh, out of Tennessee. It mostly ran in Alabama and Mississippi and Tennessee. Perfect. I go down and look at it. And I'll tell you what, guys, it looked like just exactly what he said. Yeah. A little bit of rust, but nothing bad. Yeah. You know, nothing like... And, you know, that's another thing that I hate about these fly-by-night truck dealers. And this guy didn't do it. Mm -hmm. This guy in Mayfield. The guy in Montrose did it. And I've seen other guys do it. They take these buckets of rust. Mm -hmm. They don't even really try to clean them up. They just take some rattle can and black paint and just paint over it all. Oh, and wow. try to make it look nice. Nicer. Yeah. yeah. But then you could just take your fingernail and chip it off. Mm. It's like, jeez. Anyway, went down and looked at it, took checkbook, me and my dad, yeah. and uh, brought her home. Mm -hmm. And we were back up and running Friday. I will say, I will say, the horn on that thing is not a semi-horn. It doesn't have really a horn. It's got a car horn. <laughs> it does. Yeah. It sounds terrible. It's fine. But <laughs> it pulls grain. That's my only thing. And it's not an automatic, but I will. It's not an automatic. Yeah. Right. I wish you could have gotten an automatic. Then I could He's got a few more of those it. down there, and I might buy another one. I'm being serious. I might buy a second one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just because of how good of a deal it was. And it was a great deal. They're great trucks. They're, yeah. you know, not a bunch of salt damage on them from mm -hmm. traveling up north. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, and I don't have anything against automatics. And uh, my mechanic told me, he said, you don't really need to be worried. Earlier in life, you need to be worried about an automatic and a semi. Now they've got them a whole lot better than they used to, in his yeah. opinion. And I trust his opinion yeah. totally. So No, it's got the deaf system on it, which you're not jacked about. And no, that I hate it. And the first time it gives me problems, <clears throat> I will quote unquote fix it. <clears throat> and that's a good thing about a Cummins, too. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. I just don't want us to get flagged on somebody coming after your truck. <laughs> no. I'm not worried about... Hell, most... Honestly, most of the trucks out here with deaf on them, uh -huh. most of them that farmers have been own deleted? have been deleted. Really? That's For people who don't know, there is a system called... What's it called? A diesel exhaust... I don't know. Something. 
diesel exhaust system. It's supposed it to clean every, your damn. It has everything to do with the Green New Deal and becoming more clean and not having any emissions, right? Yeah. Okay. So it, it goes through this whole, what's it called? A re regeneration. Regen. Okay. A regeneration process. And I'm, I'm dumb. To, so who guys who understand the whole process, they're like, that girl don't know what she's talking about. You're right. I don't, but it's a regen process. We got the owner's manual out. I was reading it to Ryan as he was driving because some alert kept coming on and I'm like, well, that, it sounds like this is what you need to do. And there's two different types of regens you can do on yeah. the truck. So, yeah. um, it's, it's just a different process. And we kind of laughed. He was like, this is dumb. I said, yeah, and I'm laughing because all you're trying to do is do work and you can't because the vehicle has to be stopped <laughs> and do this parked regen. A parked regen, yeah, which has nothing to do with work. It has everything to do with emissions and it doesn't make what, any sense. That is what liberal Democrats get yes, you right yes. there. Uh -huh. These climate change Nazis and liberal Democrats that you, you are stop looking. stop doing at work and yep. you have to sit there and wait. Focused on things that are completely not necessary yeah. and unproductive. Yeah. And just so. drive the cost of everything up. Mm -hmm. So anyway. Anyway, that's that was a story of this past week, and it, it was it's been a rough week for you. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. I've just I've never in my life, you know, my my re, every airplane has redundancy, right? My redundancy was the tractor and wagons. If the semi goes down, I still got the tractor and wagons. Now I'm not going to haul grain fifty miles away, but I can still move it from the field to the farm. Wait a second. What? You just said airplanes have redundancy. Yeah, redundant can backups. Can you explain that, like the slope, or what are you talking about? Redundancy, like if some, yeah. like the, every airplane has two mags. <laughs> okay. Okay. If the mag is what gives the engine spark. Okay. If the first mag fails, yeah. you got a backup. Okay. You're ready to go with it. I didn't know this. Yeah. Okay. That way, your engine just doesn't die, and then you're gliding back to surface. You As have a passenger, a I'm backup. glad to know this now. Okay. There's a bunch of redundancy on an aircraft. Nice. Yeah. So your your redundancy was your your was the wagons. tractor and wagons. Yeah. Yeah. And then your tractor blew up, and yeah. then or dad's tractor blew up, and then you yeah have this. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> but let me go ahead and pray. You know what? This is a great time to pray because I, okay. I tell you, what, I I've been so thankful the past forty eight hours. Yeah. That God brought that truck to me because mm -hmm. I I was like, all right, go ahead and pray. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Holy one, we are grateful for you sending your son on the cross to die for our sins. We're thankful for the free will that you've given us to choose to serve you day after day. Today, we thank you for wisdom and discernment in our nation. We ask you to give us wisdom on important decisions we make for ourselves and our families. Thank you for showing us grace when we need it. For the struggles we're experiencing right now, we give you those burdens and we thank you for taking them from us. We pray specifically for our family, for the families in need that we know of, and let us step up to help those families, whether it be at the grocery store, gas station, schools, or church. Give us the strength to help these people in need, and in doing so, we sow seeds that you will bless. Lord, we thank you for a wonderful, plentiful, and safe harvest. Amen. Amen. That's a great prayer. Good oh, job, Mom. Thanks. Sweet. Thanks. And a lot of people, you know what? I get really nervous when I pray in public. So, and it's kind of, it's easier because you and I, and I pray constantly through our home and 
while we're talking and having conversation, like I'll just stop and say, thank you, God, or thank you, Jesus, or whatever. So whenever somebody was like, oh, it sounds like it's coming so natural from you. You know what? I've never prayed in public and been okay with it. I've always been super nervous. So it's not like a natural thing for me. So Mm -hmm. just FYI. I'm, I'm still nervous about it. So you don't need to be just, nervous about it. Well, I'm just saying, because I know other people probably feel the same way, and they're like, oh, I can't pray in public. Yeah, you can. Because <laughs> that's the way that I've always been, but, you and know, the more you do it, the more the easier it is. You're telling me that, so. that there's people out there that dress up, men out there that dress up like girls, and they go out in public and act like it's just fine, <laughs> but you need to be scared of praying in public? No. Come on now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm just saying, so many people put a lot of worry and doubting themselves whenever they pray and you know what let's make it normal yeah so there you go that's okay. all yeah that's all i have what else you want to talk about anything or just <laughs> you know, call it a day right here I w- yeah that sounds good <laughs> i'm sure everybody would be jacked <laughs> no, no they actually be aggravated <laughs> i mean hell look at how many people got a hold of us yes. like dude where are you at well yes. how come you weren't here last week mm-hmm. and yeah. thank you for reaching and, out yeah, thank you guys so much it means a lot to know that you're listening and i ran into so many people that i know that i didn't know listen to the show so that's yeah, at the wedding reception yes and yeah. i was down at my sister's at some point and somebody that i haven't seen in years who knew me in my prior life were like oh my gosh you've got what a great life you've got your podcast is awesome we're like you listen to the podcast okay like i said <laughs> you just have to basically figure that everybody listens yeah, yeah. so that, therefore you're kind of careful what you say i mean <laughs> yeah but it still feels like you and i you know husband and wife just right. speaking just shooting yeah. shit right i will tell you that um at this wedding i had uh experienced a it just I was there by myself, okay? But I was with some people that I knew, that I've known for years, like old teachers and old friends and that I haven't seen in a long time and stuff. And it's always good to get get together with your old friends, right? Your high school friends. It's like you have this bond and you just have a good time when you're together because you have this incredible history. <laughs> you know, you've grown up together and stuff. So um, I told Ryan, <laughs> I came home and I told Ryan, I said, hey, this guy was kind of giving me looks and he was just really concerned about me not being there with my husband and, you know, whatever. And <laughs> he was trying to move in. <laughs> I was just like, I love you, Ryan, so much. Like, I would never want to give anybody any, like, ever. And it's just <laughs> so funny because so many people just don't go to places out in public by themselves without their spouse or their significant other one or their kids or whatever. And you weren't there. And mm-hmm. I just get all weird and, you know, oh, yeah. weird. So it was really funny because I ran into a high school friend of mine at the CVS picking up a card last minute because that's what you do before you go to a wedding, right? Oh, yeah. So um, <laughs> I said, hey, you flying solo at the wedding? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, all right, see you there. We end up sitting next to each other. Sure. And I'm there with other, you know, a whole group of people. And um, we end up sitting next to each other at this table also. And then I'm like, <laughs> somebody walked out and you I know you're married, but where's your husband? You've been sitting by this guy, John, which we went to high school together. We're just friends. And she's like, I just figured you were here with him. And I'm like, nope, he didn't bring a date and my husband's in the field. So, uh, so you guys look like you're together. There was nothing to it. It was just, well, of course not. No. So anyways, people just like to talk and it's so silly. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I wish you could have been there because I had a great time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Had a really good time. Anyways. I right. get really weird when you're not there. I still had a semi and a tractor wagons that ran, so I I couldn't go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I'm I'm grateful. I'm grateful for you and and uh, my family. They kept the little one. My mom and dad did. So uh, what a great time. Yeah, 
I did watch two different documentaries this week or listen to them as I was doing my thing. Okay. What about? Candace Owens released a movie, a documentary on the George Floyd. It's called The Biggest Lie Ever Sold. And it's about the BLM and the Black, the Black Lives Matter and uh, George Floyd. Yeah. And the pictures and the people. Do you know that George Floyd lived with roommates, two different roommates, and not one family member has picked up any of his belongings? But all of these family members come out of the woodwork and they're like, this is my brother. This is my, you know, baby daddy. This is my boyfriend, whatever. But not one person has came to his apartment to pick up his belongings or his vehicle or anything. To this day? To this day. Yeah. Which would have been, I don't know, a few months ago. So what, what does Candace think the significance of that is? Well, because they ran their BLM platform on George Floyd's face. They made all of this money. The organization oh, made yeah. all of this money. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of, um, she connects the dots with all of the money where they, when you have a charity like BLM, you have to file some form. And I don't know the form name or the form number, but it's an IRS form, something like that. And you have to show how much money you made. Well, they made so, so many massive yes. amounts of money. Yes. And now it's came out that, you know, they bought mansions they in these. squandered. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The higher ups of the BLM organization went out and bought yes. mansions on the East coast, the West coast, yes. the nicest penthouses in New York. Yeah. That, mm -hmm. they, they, what they did with that money had absolutely nothing to do with making overall black people's lives better. Right. All they did is made their own lives better. Exactly. The, the founders of the, the yes. organization BLM. So um, not one penny has gone to the apartment of George Floyd to help with those expenses since, you know, there were three of them and now there are just two. So there's that extra expense. No one has given them any money to help cover the bills. Um, you know, electric bills are, if you split it three ways and then all of a sudden you've got to split it two ways and you don't have somebody coming in to help pay those bills. That's a big, de that's a big deal sure. to people. So, or rent, um, all that stuff. Not one penny was sent to them. <clears throat> Also, they have donated millions of dollars, millions to Democrats, LGBTQ organizations. Oh, really? Yes. Huh. Yeah. So um, that was interesting. Very informative. It's on the Daily Wire, Candace Owens. It's the biggest lie ever sold. I did. It was it was so inf informative um, and oh. you can you can look at it or watch it. Through what, the Daily Wire. What was the other documentary you watched? You said you watched two. Um, the other one is... Uh-oh. <laughs> that look on your face. <laughs> well, it's a two-part series. And it's uh, the real Anthony Fauci, you know, Dr... I'm sorry, um, Bobby Kennedy Jr., Robert Kennedy Jr. Oh, that conspiracy theorist? <laughs> yes. So he put out a book called The Real Anthony Fauci. We do own the book. I haven't sat down to actually read the book. But they made a movie out of this. They've got a lot of great doctors in there. They've got um, a lot of people who have been canceled on, on all of the platforms. And they talked a lot about the vaccines and the history with Fauci, and um, which I'm assuming is all written down in this book, and it's all cited. Uh, it, there's a second part two. There's a, a part two, and it really dives into how Fauci and the history of what he's done as far as research, AIDS, HIV, all, it is, 
it is crazy, actually. It's the HIV pandemic that happened, when was that, in the 80s? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is parallel to what we are seeing now. What I found the most interesting is this event 201, which happened, I think, three weeks before the first case was announced in China. The COVID-19 case was announced in China. So this event 201 was just a, a, what it, a simulation. Like, okay, so what happens if a virus breaks out and then we've got a pandemic on our hands that, you know, and we're going to have mass deaths. So here's what we're going to do as world leaders. We are going to put on this event 201. Bill Gates was involved. The, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation was involved. Go figure. Um, yeah, yeah, which is weird. He's a computer guy. Why is he? But he's been involved in healthcare in a, well, for he, years. He's another one of those guys who, because he's made a shitload of money, yeah. automatically makes him an expert on everything. everything. <laughs> Yes. Not what made you a shitload of money. You just because you have the money makes yeah. you smarter. Yeah. So he's he's donated so many billions of dollars to vaccine research and all this stuff. So, anyways, this event two hundred one thing happens and takes place, and they put these um, commercials together for the event two hundred one, and the and then for whenever COVID nineteen hit the states, those commercials that were used in the event two hundred one, which which was just a simulation were actually used in U.S. media. I don't doubt that at all. That's exactly what happened. So um, it's very informative. I think, I mean, there were 10 days where they offered it for free, both both parts of the this movie that was put on. You're not going to find it on Google, I'm sure. I think whenever I searched it on Google, that came up, said that no results were found. But of you course. can But you can try this search and see what comes up or whatever. So they're still censoring that kind of thing. But um, that was extremely informative. And I actually listened to both of those parts twice. And until Elon Musk buys Google, <laughs> they will continue to censor everything. I don't think they'll let him, but, you know. I'm just saying. That's true. I mean, I guess Trump and Musk could get together and do it together. Maybe. I, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. <sighs> so so those those were very informative things that I listened to this week it, well, the, within the last two weeks um, that I would take time to actually listen, get get informed about it. So, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I signed up for a class. What class? Uh-oh. <laughs> it's a, um, I've, I've got to pronounce it correctly. Homeopathy. Homo what? <laughs> Not homo anything. Homeopathy. I think that's how you pronounce Is it. Is that like a natural cures to everything? Yes. Yes. I mean, I think it's like a six-week class. I'm going to take it. Huh. <laughs> I'm taking it. Go for it. What uh, makes you want to do that? Well, just because, you know, Alden was kind of icky these last two, whatever. And the only reason I took him to the doctor was because he came out with this weird rash. And I'm like, what the heck? But the coconut oil had been helping. So I'm like, what? I'm missing connections. Then he ended up being on two different antibiotics within three weeks. And I'm not okay with that because I'm shoving yogurt and probiotics down his throat to make sure his belly's okay. So I just want to know more. Are uh, you going to get crunchy on me? I, listen, I'm a little bit crunchy anyway, but not too crunchy. Like I'm, I'm still, I'm, I'm still normal. I think <laughs> your answer for everything nowadays, and I love you to death. Apple cider vinegar. <laughs> That's not true. Ow! I burnt my hand. Oh, put some apple cider vinegar <laughs> That's on not it. True. I got a bellyache. Drink some apple cider vinegar. <laughs> 
I got a stopped up nose. Snort some apple cider listen, vinegar. Listen, Linda, <laughs> there are so many women on TikTok right now, like showering with apple cider vinegar. Have I started doing that? Not yet. But Not, well, before you know it, you're going to take this six week homeopathic class and you're going to be homeopathic whatever it's called <laughs> well we're, we're gonna see what happens i'm gonna get the books and okay. see what happens but you know what i wouldn't have gotten alden vaccinated with a sexually transmitted vaccine had i known that that's what they were doing whenever he was born isn't that weird because yeah, me, right. me and you like to consider our, oh, now granted COVID has opened our eyes yes. totally yes to vaccines in general let alone the the shot mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know but Pre-COVID, we just, and even pre-COVID, there were a few parents around here that I know, respect them big time, that they never got their kids uh, vaccinated, which that's up to them. That's perfectly fine. None of our business. None of our business. Uh But isn't it funny that we have Alden Uh and... Hey, you know, doctor, just yeah, give him whatever vaccine everybody else is getting. Hell, it's fine. I'm sure if everybody else is getting it, he's I gonna be fine. I trust you. I trust yeah, my exactly. OB. I trust the nurses. I trust the hospital to to do what's best. And then now you see all these doctors mm-hmm. flat ass lie through their teeth mm-hmm. about this this. Uh, and I got this in the stack today yeah. about about this shot. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, like I said, I got it in the stack, and I just I trust doctors about some stuff. But the more that I've read about some of them, I'm like, what the hell? Are you a member of the cabal? Yeah. You know? What does my newborn baby, like day-old baby, need a, a sexually transmitted That's exactly right. For? Why? What is that? Hepatitis? Hepatitis. Hep- yeah. yeah. And then I think he got like three or four more after that. Why? Yeah. Why? Right. Why do we do that? I don't know. I don't know. So anyway, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to learn more. I'm starting my journey on homeopathy, which I'm glad that I've never Bushels pronounced. Bushelsandbarrels1 at gmail.com. <laughs> I want to hear if any of you guys or any of you guys' wives is doing um, the homeopathy. I've, yeah, because I would have pronounced it homeopathy. I think that's what I, I mean. <laughs> I mean, come on. I didn't know. I didn't know. I still don't know. But I'm excited about this. and Sure. I think I'm on the border of like, I want to still be normal, you know, like everybody's normal. I don't want to be extremely crunchy, but I just want to be aware. I want to know. I want to, I want to know that we can take care of things inside this home before we need to go to the doctor. And I want to know those types of things. So go for it. I mean, that's just what I'm saying. Okay. That's all, that's all I'm saying. And I've been taking shots of apple cider vinegar for about three months now. Yeah. The shots never get easier. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> apple cider vinegar is the way that i knew that i had covid two years ago because you couldn't smell i it. couldn't smell it yeah and i tell you what you if you've smelled apple, apple cider vinegar it takes your you, breath away. yeah and jess <laughs> held that right underneath my nose whenever i was i mean i wasn't dying sick or nothing no. but you know yeah had all the symptoms that they said you'd have a covid and jess mm-hmm. is like well can you smell anything i go you know i don't think so she gets the apple cider vinegar out shoves it in my nose like nope can't smell it at all she, you got covid <laughs> And I lived. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. So. What's a, are you? Oh, I'm sorry. Go I ahead. Interrupted. No. no, go ahead. What's on your list today? I got. Okay. So guys, I made this list last week. Okay. So this is outdated info. No. Maybe. I went oh. back through it right before we came, right before we came up here to record. Yeah. No, it's still relevant. Okay. All of it. Okay. Cool. So something I was going to talk about last week that you just as well talk about this week because it's not changed is the Mississippi River. I mean, I guess you've heard about how low the Mississippi has been or is getting. Yes. Um, 
in places like Memphis uh, and Vicksburg, Mississippi, it's the lowest levels either it's ever been or since 1901. Wow. And that's just because of this drought. Mm-hmm. This drought, you know, on TikTok, you know, you see all your all your buddies that farm out in um, Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas, Nebraska. I mean, just the Central Plains just mm-hmm. burnt up this year. Well, a lot of that area is the watershed for the Mississippi River. So those rivers are dried up. Then it just seems like it kind of migrated east to where we were at here for the past Really, we haven't had any big rain since we were in Florida. In um, July. Late, late July, early yeah. August. We've had a couple showers, but not big rain. Right. And things have just, I mean, dried up. But uh, And another, another reason that they're drying up is contrary to the Weather Channel. You know, the Weather Channel predicted, oh, this is going to be the worst hurricane season ever. <laughs> Climate change is going to kill us all. Oh, You're going to be, dr- I mean, in Nashville, Tennessee is going to be oceanfront property. Uh-huh. It's just going to be awful. Well, none of them developed. Yeah, you had you, Ian, but that didn't come up across the Mississippi River water, or, you know, Mississippi River Basin. Mm-hmm. So all that water didn't make it into the river. You know, generally speaking, through the summer, um, to think of one that in recent memory, Hurricane Katrina, 2005. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it devastated New Orleans, but it came straight north from New Orleans and swung up through southern and central Illinois, then kind of moved to the east through central Illinois, or Indiana and on through Ohio. That made a shitload of bushels of grain that year for us mm. because we were dry. We needed a rain. Really? And I mean, by the time it got up here, yeah, it's a little breezy, but it was nothing like windy, windy. Mm-hmm. And that, that, made a, that made a tremendous difference on the way that crop turned out. Well, generally every year... You get these storms that come up, and they do just that. You know, some of them will track a little south of here. Some of them will track a little bit west of here. I mean, but all that rain ends up in the Mississippi River, which keeps it high. Well, we haven't had that this year. If you think about it, generally every year, at least once right here in southern Illinois, there is a tropical system that moves from the Gulf up here. And we haven't had one this year. Mm -hmm. So... But I, I was reading some articles about this. I mean, shipping costs for barges right now have went through the roof because these guys can't load them full. So they're pushing around half-loaded barges. Uh-oh. You know? Well, I mean, it's just what you got to do in order to, The damn thing has to float. That's right, yeah. And if too much of it's underwater, and I mean, I guess there was um, 2,000 barges are either beached or backed up. And they're having to bring track hose. It's a shit show in different places along the Mississippi. Uh, they're having to bring track hose in, put them on a on a flat barge, mm-hmm. scoop the product, be it corn, beans, coal, whatever it is, out of one full barge that's beached, put it in an empty one oh. to try to make that thing it's, try to make it float again. It just looks like I mean, just a shit show. And yeah, you hear a little bit about it on the news. But when you go do your actual own research, why is nobody talking about this any more than what they are? I mean, okay. I consider it being, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. This is anecdotal. Okay. But this just happened this past week. I'm hauling, once I had a truck, I'm hauling grain to the ethanol plant south of here, 50 miles. Mm -hmm. They're paying 80 cents a bushel better for corn than my local elevator here that's about five miles away from my house. 80 cents a bushel better. So I'm down there, not much of a line. I'm basically driving in and out, maybe five, six semis in front of me mm-hmm. every time I'd go. 
It's like somebody flipped a switch on Friday. The lot was completely full. Hmm. I was listening to the CB radio. Truckers were talking back and forth, and I was noticing a lot of these trucks that were there I've never seen before. The na- the, the the towns on the doors were towns over by St. Louis bringing their oh. grain clear across the state of Illinois yeah. to the east side of the state uh-huh. and going down to southern Indiana to dump their corn. And the reason is because they said, basically, all of your river terminals in St. Louis are plugged. They're full. They can't do anything with it. Because uh, they can't move it. And can't they can't get, and, and even though they are on a river, uh-huh. they can't get rail cars. Because rail cars, I mean, every year, this time of year, rail cars are in high demand. Well, now they're even in higher demand because river terminals now want them to move out grain. Mm. So these farmers from over on that side of the state, from what I was hearing, like I said, this is anecdotal, but those farmers from that side of the state have no place to take their grain. They got to unload it somewhere. So they're, they're bringing it here. clear over okay. here. Okay. It, it's unbelievable. But I don't know. The, the, one of the articles I read, well, this Wall Street Journal, uh, it said the cost of moving grain from St. Louis to New Orleans went from $22 a ton in October of 21 to $106 today. What? In one year. I mean, basically five Ryan. times more. And it's all because they can't load barges. This has nothing to do with inflation. Well, yeah, I mean, honestly, yes, of course. Higher diesel prices, these barges, you know, they they run on diesel. Yeah. Which I got a story about diesel coming up. Okay. What I'm saying is, what happens when farmers can't get to the elevators to sell their grain? Well, shit I mean, cause, because the elevators will not take them. Yeah, the shit stands in the field. I mean... If you can't, mm. if your if your storage on the farm mm-hmm. is all full, I mean the reason that I'm moving grain right now instead of I've still got a little bit of bin space here at the farm, mm-hmm. but the reason I'm moving it to market is because I'm going to run out of this bin space. Yeah, and there's going to be some weekend that I'm going to want to run. Like right now, the river terminals aren't even open, and we're still in fall harvest. Yeah. They're not even open on the weekends now. Okay, because they're, they're full, full and they okay. can't get rid of anything. And they're okay. of course you know their basis shows it. Just their basis is horrible on corn right now. Horrible. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, anyway, I, I just, you remember the railroad strike that could have happened there in September? And I guess I've read some articles where they're yeah. still not very happy about the way everything is. Right. Can you imagine the low Mississippi River not being able to move grain by barge and then a rail strike? Now you're talking, holy shit. I just read an article that said if these two things happen and with the diesel... If the rail if the rail strike happens and then the diesel shortage is like a crazy shortage, like literally crazy, and it actually happens, oh, it's it'll be really really bad. Diesel runs this whole. Pl- I don't give a yeah. damn what any crunchy greeny mm-hmm. uh, climate change zealot says. You can't have the life you have without diesel. Mm-hmm. I mean nothing. Everything you look at, everything that you, anything that's around you took a diesel engine to get it to you a truck of some sort a tractor a combine a drilling rig everything and these people i just oh boy i don't want to go down the wind and solar thing again but it's just such bullshit these people think that's going to save the day <laughs> it is it's, just gonna... it's hard to imagine these fields around us because we are nothing but open fields around here and you can barely see homes from where we sit and just imagining solar panels 
yeah. all over the place. I just can't. I can't imagine. You know, I didn't even have this in my stack of stuff, but I'm going to mm-hmm. say something right okay. now. Okay. Since we were talking about grain terminals and getting rid of corn and soybeans and unloading them here in a fall harvest. Yeah. Chances are there will be somebody that listens to this and the word will get back to this particular elevator and it's perfectly fine with me. <laughs> oh, if they hear what I'm getting ready to say. Ryan. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Say I under- what you want. I understand elevators are getting full right now. I understand. I mean, one local elevator on Thursday said on Saturday they would be open till six. Friday afternoon, they said, uh, we're only going to be open till noon on Saturday. They were getting full. Mm-hmm. So, Saturday morning, I had a load that was easy to take over there. You get up early and you're like, I'm going to go ahead and do this. To just get rid of that load. It's one more load that's just out of my hair. Mm-hmm. Take it over there. I get in line. And this is a small country elevator, and they unload slower than steam off a hot turd. I mean, slow. Okay. And I'm probably seven or eight semis behind the guy under the probe. I'm guessing. I I didn't count them. The probe is what you do. They stick it in your semi to see what the moisture is in your grain. Yeah, they take a sample of your grain. For non-farmers. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Because a probe sounds kind of funny. (laughs) Down at at Mount Vernon at the river terminal, if you get in line and there's only seven trucks in front, you're like, yes, I'm going to be in and out of here. You get behind seven seven trucks at this place, it's horrible. I mean, it's like (laughs) it ruins your afternoon. I'm being honest. Okay. It really does. I get over there on Saturday morning. I sit in line for a half an hour. Hadn't moved. The truck hadn't moved. And they come out and they say, well, we're full. We can't unload you. So, hey, I, you people at this elevator, I know you're going to hear me. You have this thing called text messaging. You send me one every day stating your hours, stating what you're bidding for grain. Mm-hmm. Hell, lots of times you send me a text telling me where the DOT's sitting. <laughs> Which is great. I love that. Yeah. Get on your damn text messages and say, hey, you know, we're starting to get full. We only have 20,000 bushels of storage left. We could basically unload 20 semis. First come, first serve. Don't be mad at us if you get over here and we can't unload you. So the risk is on you to do it. Yeah. They knew that before they opened up on Saturday. Uh Uh-oh, we only have X amount of bushels. Uh Storage. And they didn't do it. So instead, me and four or five other semis that were right behind me, and I was the first guy that got turned away. The guy in front of me got to unload because I guess that was the last load they could take. But, hey, you got to leave. We can't take your grain today. You ain't going to take much of my grain anymore. Uh Because this pissed me off. It did. This is totally unnecessary. Yeah. If they would have sent a text out at 7 o'clock on Saturday morning and said, hey, we're tied on supply. We only got 20, 25,000 bushels of storage let, open yet and first come, first serve. I would have never went over there. Mm-hmm. I would have let some other farmers over there take that chance. Yeah. But what really pissed me off is I get over there, I sit there in line for a half hour, and then they tell me I can't unload there. It just, it's so unnecessary. And, and here's the other thing. They, they make a corn pile. Basically, that, for those of you that don't farm, after a lot of these uh, country elevators run out of space, they start piling the corn on the ground, and they'll put humongous tarps over them. Mm-hmm. and they've done this every year they've got about one eighth of that pile made right now and got tarps on it why couldn't we just peel back the damn tarps and start making the pile again oh well i know why they're predicting rain 
on Sunday. What this tells me is some jerk asses in Omaha or Sioux City or wherever this company is based out of, and I'm not sure where, are telling the local people here, yeah, leave that thing, leave it covered right now because we don't want our grain to get wet. You know, screw the farmers that still have all this grain and and I'm willing to uh, bring it to you at an 80 cent hit compared to taking it down to Valero. <laughs> this really made you aggravated, didn't it? Just yeah. okay. because it, honestly, I wasted like, so much time you, not having a semi this week. And then uh-huh. now this, okay. it just pissed me off. Well, yeah, it just kind of all collided for you. But whenever you say I sat 30 or 45 minutes in, in line and they knew that they were running out of space and they knew that this was going to be a problem here in just a few minutes, like why didn't they come out and tell me? They when someone when someone who doesn't farm and sit in line and doesn't understand the whole process hears, well, you sat in line for 30 minutes or 45 minutes, why is that a big deal? Because it doesn't sound like that much time. Well, when you're shelling really good corn, mm-hmm. I just explained to everybody how I how my operation works. When you're shelling really good corn, mm-hmm. I don't have my tractor and wagons right now, which is not the elevator's fault. All I've got is a grain cart and a, and a combine hopper while I'm gone. Mm-hmm. You're shelling really good corn, you'll have those filled up very quickly. Like in 30 minutes right? or 40 yeah, minutes. 30 easily. Okay. If, if In the right field. You yeah. know, well, you got long rounds or, or you know. Yeah. Not a bunch so, of point rows. So what you're saying is you sat there for 45 minutes knowing that you're you're full already and they're waiting for you to get back to the to field to unload them. Up. And then you've got this full semi. You've wasted the diesel. Yep. You probably took two hours of your day, not just that 40, 30 or 45 minutes. Oh, yeah. You took two hours of your day where you could have just been continuing to move grain to whatever bin. Well, you know what I ended up doing? No, I have no idea. They said, we can't unload you. I just went right back to the farm and unloaded it in my bin. Okay. I could have done that two hours ago. Right. Uh, an hour and a half ago. I mean, if you figure out the time yeah. that I left the field loaded, uh-huh. drove to this elevator, sat in line, then drove back. Yeah. I mean, it's an hour and a half, two hours maybe. It's a, it's a timing and logistics thing. And with you just saying that these farmers are coming from everywhere unloading, these farmers could have been... That's from, not at that elevator. Not at that elevator? That, that, was, oh, down okay. at, that was down at the river at Mount Vernon. Okay. The, so all those guys were super, super yeah, local. Yeah, where I was seeing Nashville, Illinois trucks and okay. Sasser, Illinois trucks. And okay. Effingham, it would have really Illinois stunk trucks. for somebody. Weird. It, I mean, if they drove a long ways away, it would have stunk for them if yeah. they sat that long and then lost that Used to be this field. particular elevator. Uh-huh. It was awesome. Yeah. Now they just kind of, they're just slow. They don't just, care. I, I hauled a few landlord uh, loads in the other day. And um, the pit, you could open my gate of my hopper bottom as wide and as fast as it go and let the shit fall out. Mm-hmm. And the pit would take it, hold it, and go on. Now they're opening up about four inches and just letting it trickle out. Mm. No reason for it that I know of. And it's just, I don't know. I, and you know what? I'm just saying what every other farmer thinks. Oh, okay. Because we all talk about this place. Oh, okay. And how it used to be good. And now it's just a piece of shit. Uh, it really is. Yeah. Like, I, I've actually told my dad before, like before all the out-of-towners started going to Valero, 50 miles south of here, I've actually told my dad, compared to this local elevator, it really doesn't take a whole lot more longer, or a whole lot more time to drive clear to Mount Vernon, unload and drive clear back by the time you get done crazy. jack dicking around at this place. Really? Mm-hmm. That's nutty. Yeah. Okay. So. Well, do you have anything else to cry about today? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, no. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. 
So that's uh, aggravating, though. Yeah, it is. It, it takes, is. Yeah. You get some more news. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just it's hard telling what I find. And something I, I was looking, I don't even remember because this was a week ago. I was looking at something totally different, some other story totally different. I always go to the comments, though, because I love reading the comments. Like I said, most of the time, they're just golden. Mm -hmm. And I found this comment that led me in a total different direction. Did you know there is a, uh, a town in New Hampshire, Berlin, New Hampshire? Mm -mm. And the Build Back Better program just gave them $19.5 million to build a sidewalk snow melting system basically they're going to heat their sidewalks so waste of money in my opinion mm -hmm. why is my federal tax dollars going to heat somebody's sidewalk that's but you know what that's just the american way now just print more of it and we'll send it all right so this berlin is a town of 9500 people doing the math 19.5 million dollars split amongst 9500 people basically be two thousand dollars a person you could just give to them wait not even not even population 10,000 no. oh, okay no. this is a, it's about the size of mount carmel a little bit bigger than mount carmel but about the same size yeah, just Comparable. tiny, tiny bit bigger, but 9,500 yeah. people, nothing. Yeah. Okay. They're going to get 19.5 million. And the people there, uh -huh. this, the, that I, from what I saw and what I read, the people there are pissed because they're getting this. <laughs> okay. Like, so, okay. So the story said the snowmelt project will use excess heat from the Burgess Biopower Biomass Plant pumped down or pump below downtown streets and sidewalks to raise temperatures of pavement above freezing and melting ice and snow without chemicals so in other words they don't have to put salt on their on their uh sidewalks to melt the snow the sidewalks are just going to be warm so i guess the thing is though uh i wonder two things number one new hampshire has two democrats for u.s senators okay i guarantee you they just lined their pockets mm. getting that money pushed over there this is and this right here. This is how these people that go to damn Washington for on one hundred seventy thousand dollars salary stay there for six years and end up with ten million dollars. It's for stupid shit like this. Yeah, some lobbyist, some special interest, you know, greased their skids to help get this go through. But here's the problem: the people, the citizens of this town that do have a brain, said this is going to be awful absolutely awful because we have a drug problem in this town and a homeless problem they're going to do this in our downtown streets and guess where all these homeless people are going to be laying during the winter they're going to sit on those they're going to sit on those heated sidewalks and just pollute their downtown oh no <laughs> so they're really worried about this they're like let's think this through u.s government okay let's think it through yeah, once again oh, we've always care. talked about this what are the unintended consequences of these actions mm. there's one of them I mean, $19.5 million. You could, you could build one hell of a, if you had to spend it. And I, I just, shit like this, this build back better crap just right. pisses me off. Yeah. But if you had to spend it, you could probably build a hell of a nice homeless shelter with $19.5 million. You know? Yeah. How about you research like adoption and like a reformatting of adoption? <laughs> I don't know, because the adoption process is awful. You could do a yeah, lot better with $19.5 million yeah. in many fronts That's what I'm than saying. Yeah. a heated sidewalk. This is crazy. Continuing that, on. Is that a real story, that is though? Uh, Unionleader.com oh, is where I saw that. CBSnews.com hanging out with New Hampshire. <laughs> okay. 
I, if you're from New Hampshire, I'm sorry. I we just call. I make fun of Illinois all the time. I want to make fun of you guys too. CBSNews.com. Mitch McConnell aligned super PAC pulls out of New Hampshire Senate race. So you have this guy named Don Baldock. He's a former Army Brigadier General, and uh, he's running for Senate there. Well, he's a Republican, conservative. He's, I mean, he's he's a he's a Trumpy, like we are. He's a big fan of Trump and freedom and conservative values. America first policies. Yeah. yeah. So so he's went on the record here as he's campaigning, trying to beat the uh, incumbent Democrat in New New Hampshire. He says, uh, says he's proposed abolishing the FBI after the search at former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate. And has peddled election denialism. That's what, isn't that fancy? Election denial. We are not in denial. 2,000 mules, we're not in, we don't deny anything. Yeah. I don't deny this election. It was stolen. It absolutely stolen. Agree. But he's peddled election denialism. Though he seems to have backtracked since winning the primary, Bolduck has also here. Remember, the headline is Mitch McConnell aligned super PAC pulls out of New Hampshire Senate race. The pull quote of the whole article. Bolduck has also repeatedly said he would not back McConnell as Senate majority leader if he won and the Republicans took back the Senate. So Mitch McConnell, this is how this works. Mitch McConnell, who is the highest ranking member in the Senate right now on, on the Republican side. He controls a hell of a lot of money and where it goes to support candidates. Yes. Right? Yes. Well, the second this guy said, I'm not going to support Mitch McConnell being the leader of our party if we win back the Senate, Mitch McConnell pulls his funds. (laughs) That's how that works. Uh, You want to know how the powerful stay powerful. Yep. This is how the powerful stay powerful. This is how. You fall into line or you don't get any of our money. I hope Baldock wins. He yeah. he sounds like a, he sounds like a conservative, not a Republican, a conservative dude that has common sense that th- thinks just like we do. You know, I watched a. Speaking of old school, you know what did Rush call him? Cocaine, cocaine, cocaine Mitch. Mitch. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyways, I watched an interview with Lindsey Graham, Herschel Walker, and Tim Scott. It was a town hall with Sean Hannity. I, yeah. And um, the people did not cheer at all for Lindsey Graham when he was introduced. However, as soon as they said Tim Scott, it was all nothing ripping and roaring. And the body language that Lindsey Graham gave in this, it was just amazing and so telling to me. I, I was I was like, if Lindsay, what was his body language? What do you mean? Lindsey Graham? Yeah. He was just like sitting back like I'm the powerful one here. I'm already I'm already here and I've already made it and you know what? Every time I speak, you better listen because I have something to say. And the the people in the crowd, the facial expressions that they had on their faces, I'm, I'm really good at reading people. And, I, and maybe that's a superpower of mine. I don't know. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> like I just, it was so telling to me. You know, Herschel Walker and Tim Scott were sitting there leaning into this conversation. When you're interested in something, you're you're actively listening. You're Passionate. Leaning, yes, you're leaning in. You're, you're talking with the people that you're involved with. And you have a genuine concern about you or you know you're genuine about what you're talking about and Lindsay was pulled back you know just relaxed nothing I mean he wasn't I it just 
It was just something. Lindsey Graham. I, anyway. he Lindsey Graham talks with the wind. Mm-hmm. Whichever way it is blowing is the He's way talk, that he talks. Yeah. Yeah. He talked. Him and Trump became great, great buddies, tight as tight could be until January the 6th. Yeah. And then he just bucked him. Yep. And I... I have zero respect for Lindsey Graham. I, I, and he, you know, he didn't, he didn't win his seat last time he was up by much. It, <laughs> he really did. What I, I call he's the the deep state and he's deep state old school rhino. He's a that, rhino. Yep. Uh, and I and Mitch McConnell's in that same boat. And I really don't think I'm pretty sure that Mitch McConnell withheld funds from Blake Masters, which was a Trump endorsed candidate, also. So right. Um, but no, any anybody that speaks out again, and McConnell's got millions and millions and right. millions of dollars at his disposal to help these candidates buy TV time, to help these candidates yeah. buy radio time, to even help move them around from venue to venue while they're campaigning. Yeah. Because yeah. it's an expensive deal to try to get in there and do all that. Yes. Yes. And, but you go against what this powerful asshole says, who needs to be gone. Kentucky, mm-hmm. get him gone. Mm-hmm. He is controlling. He is trying anyway. And you know what? He wants something. He's the swamp. Mm-hmm. The swamp has the money. Yep. You want something? You're going to play by my rules. You play by my rules. You're not allowed to think independently. You're not allowed to have your own opinion. Yep. You fall in line with what my opinion is. And we'll and have I'll no give problems. You money. Yeah. Yeah. That's a joke. It is. It's an absolute joke. Uh-huh. It's not what we, the people want. It's not what, the, how this country should be operating at all. No. With all this stuff. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. just, okay. you got it right with Rand Paul, in my opinion, but man, you couldn't have screwed up worse with Mitch McConnell. Yeah. I mean, yeah. my opinion from the Epoch times. So, okay. Before I read this headline. Okay. <laughs> we haven't been on the air for a while. Right. And some things have happened. One of those was the CDC said that are they're recommending their advisory panel is recommending that all students uh, five to I think seniors in high school get the jab before the beginning of the 2023 school year. Did you see that? Yeah, they voted and not on um, unanimously. Yeah. 15 and 0. Yeah. And the rock star he is, Ron, Ron DeSantis came out instantly swinging and said, You We're don't have to worry about that, that shit in, in Florida. <laughs> right. You right. know? Right. So, uh, from the Epoch Times headline, lawyers prepare to sue any state that requires COVID 19 vaccination to attend school. Amen. Woo. Yep. The, um, Makes me sick. The Informed Consent Action Network, I can, ran by TV host Dell Bigtree, has pledged to finance up to 50 lawsuits. Aaron Siri, who frequently represents the group, said, I can has told us it will financially support a challenge against any state. So, if all 50 states require it to attend school, I can will support challenging the mandate in every single one of those states. Mm-hmm. I'm going to remember this. Yes. I am going to remember this. Because we'll see what happens this summer. If J.B. Pritzker wins, if Donut wins again, which he might, mm-hmm. and see, I've been, tw- I, you don't know this because you're not on Twitter. I troll, J- I troll the shit out of fat ass Pritzker. Ryan. I just told, I troll the shit out of him. Yeah. I like, 
he made a uh, TikTok, or not TikTok, a tweet the other day about election season. And you know what I think about that. That's just bullshit. It should be election day. Election right. day. And if you can't be there election day, you can get an absentee ballot. Yes. But you go fill it out at the courthouse, and that's where you fill it right. out, and you're done. Right. You verify who you are, period. Well, Pritzker's, yeah. Pritzker's bounding around this election season. <laughs> And so <laughs> I've been trolling him and I've been saying, hey, you know what? It is election season. So far, I've voted in uh, seven different counties in Illinois, all for Bailey. <laughs> and then like the next day I came back, hey, I'm up to 13 now. Oh, the next geez. day I come back, I'm up to 20 now. You know? <laughs> oh, my God. Just, just trolling him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, now since since the CDC has come out and said this, mm-hmm. I've been trolling him again. I'm, I'm, try- I'm tagging him and stuff. I'm trying to get him to respond. Are you going to mandate this? Yeah. If you win, are you going? And he won't answer. Of course not. And I guarantee he's seeing it because I've done it enough times. And and whenever I ask the question, a bunch of people like it. Go back it. Yeah. They, yeah. they, they go start back liking and it. it. Okay. And they, they're like, what, what the hell? Yeah. Why, you know, won't, that, you? why won't you answer mm-hmm. this? This is a legit question. <sighs> yeah. You so, know, him and him and Bailey had um, two different debates in the last few weeks, and I think Bailey did. I mean, Bailey held his own. I'm a big critic of him, and you know, oh yeah, whatever. But oh, yeah. but I think he did an okay job. You know, I really do. I, I think, do too. I think that um, Pritzker really doesn't have anything to stand on. Um, Pritzker tries to be a bully. You know, he stands up there like a like the billionaire that he is, and just is just big and fat <laughs> and he just yeah. says he just says terrible things it, it, all he and, says is just the normal democrat playbook yeah, talking points yeah just the talking points of the democrat party you're right and bailey's gonna take away your way your health care rights and you know what he did he did come out and clarify he said as it stands right now in illinois as governor bailey would not be able to do anything with the abortion law in illinois we well, can't that's right unilaterally said, he can't and that's what bailey said and then pritzker goes you mean to tell me you can't do that by executive order or something this stupid. is the way these people think yeah and then and then bailey's like you obviously don't know the law or how this works, how our country works because you can't just make an executive decision and make sure everybody follows it you can't do that just I, like you can't do that with the mandates of the masking and the and shots the lockdowns. and stuff yeah and thomas devore uh-huh. Uh-huh. Took Pritzker to the cleaners yes. on that. It took mm-hmm. a little bit, mm-hmm. but he beat the shit out of him in a lawsuit about yeah. it. Yeah. And it, in which DeVore was right. It's the same shit that I've said all along. Mm-hmm. These guys don't unilaterally have this power, just like the CDC doesn't. I didn't vote for anybody that sits in the CDC. No. Or the FDA. Nobody did. So why do they get all the power? The, the right. local health department? Go to hell. Mm-hmm. No. I didn't you elect no power you. power over us. That's right. Zero. But isn't it funny, though, that Pritzker still, after getting his ass beats, uh-huh. thinks that he does have that power. Yeah, guaranteed. If what he, an arrogant prick. If he is reelected, he will instate, he will take on these advisements and then make them, quote, mandates, which people are going to be scared to death that they're going to get pulled funding because that's a that's threat thing, that he uses constantly. Which he doesn't have the power to do. Right. And nor did any of these schools lose any of their funding because nope. they did not abide by the mask mandate or Newton, whatever. Illinois did not abide by the mask mandate. <laughs> they they went on ahead. They had a football season. They yeah. never got shut down. Yeah. It was just fine. And they've been funded. Yep. By the government. Anyway, I just a joke. Anyways, if you're interested in, in the debates between the two of them, just to kind of gather your own opinions, then go ahead and listen to them. They're, they're yeah. worth it. Yeah. Did you hear, uh, have you ever heard of the uh, Surgeon General, Florida? Surgeon oh, yeah. General, Joseph Lopato? Yeah. Uh, Lodapo, I'm sorry. 
Uh, did you hear what he said a couple weeks ago? Like I said, we're get, we're catching up, folks. I mean, I've had all this for a week, but uh-huh. we're catching you back up. Did he say something about, I recommend strongly do not vaccinate your kids? That's exactly what yeah. he said. Mm-hmm. And he didn't say it because he's a partisan hack. Right. He said it. He, he's based it on new data from Florida about it. Listen to this. From the Florida Department of Health's website, I looked it up. The Florida Department of Health conducted an analysis analysis through a self-controlled case series, which is a technique originally developed to evaluate vaccine safety. This analysis found that there is an 84% increase in the relative incidence of cardiac-related death among males 18 to 39 years old within 28 days following mRNA vaccination. With a high level of global immunity to COVID-19, the benefit of vaccination is likely outweighed by its abnormally high risk of cardiac-related death among men in this age group. Non-mRNA vaccines were not found to have these increased risks. Mm -hmm. So, the Florida Surgeon General came out and said, we're speaking out against these endless mask regulations, these endless uh, vaccination, forcing it down our throat. Now the CDC doubles down and says, you all got to get it, even though there's 80%, 84% increase in relative incidence. CDC don't care. Get that shot. Mm-hmm. And I mean, once again, if you've already gotten the shot or you're thinking about getting your kids a shot, I'm just giving you the other side here. I'm just giving you, this is real data, and this is a shit that's never reported on. Except for, well, this did get picked up. Well, hell, Twitter, whenever Ladapo said this, Twitter kicked him off. He got reinstated, but for misinformation. Hmm. It's on the Florida Department of Health's website. It's not misinformation. It's just what you don't want the narrative yeah. to be. Yeah, yeah. Twitter, which yeah. I think that's probably over with now. So <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. You know, what's interesting is that they, um, the, the media, they just completely say, well, you're an election den- denier. You're a science denier. You're a vaccine. You're an anti-vaxxer. You know, you fall into the same group of things, but you are not hearing of these children having Bell's palsy. <laughs> you're not hearing of the, the cardiac arrest in high school students that are just falling over on camera or even in um, the big... The big leagues. Well, uh, You're not hearing of any of it. It, right. it makes a headline for a split second, and then it's like taken down. Covered up. And nothing else is said about it. But it has happened so much. No, uh, you, know, you know where you see it? TikTok. That's where you see a lot. That's where I see a lot of this stuff. I don't, I don't know. Oh, don't the, know. The, the Canadian actress with Bell's Palsy? Oh, where yeah. she was, I mean, half her face was just, I mean, it, it, she couldn't move it. Yeah. She would blink with one eye. It looked like some mutant from out of space. Right. You know? Oh, Katy Perry did this at um at a concert recently. I saw that. And they all called oh, her like a reptilian gosh. or a she's yeah. not real. It's not a real. She had a malfunction. Yeah. Her battery was out in her eyeball. Like, oh my gosh, for real? Stop it. But I wasn't there. I didn't see her. It didn't well, did, I don't know. The Hodge twins on Twitter, you know, she she was doing that one eye blink. Yeah. The Hodge twins on Twitter said, Looks like she's got that Pfizer eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it, and it's not, it's not funny, but at the same time, like, rah, people will go well, crazy you, over this it stuff. It is funny. You're allowed to be funny. Okay. You're allowed to make yeah. jokes. Yeah. Even because most jokes are distasteful, uh-huh. you know. But they, you know, a lot of people said that she was malfunctioning as her uh, robot. So, 
It wasn't really Katy Perry. Katy Perry's dead. Right, right. <laughs> it's just crazy stuff. But talking about TikTok, I mean, that's yeah. where I see most of this stuff. Because tw- uh, We'll see how much Twitter changes now that Elon's there. But I get yeah. the most, I'm going to say, opposite-sided news from TikTok. Mm-hmm. Shit you don't okay. see on the big okay. three networks. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to let that sink in for a second. Okay. So, hey. <laughs> Did you not get my... You're going to let that sink in. What do you mean? I'm going <laughs> to... No, that went over my head. What'd you say? Because Elon walked into Twitter with the sink. Oh, and he like <laughs> tweeted, "Let that sink in." Do you yeah. not follow him on Twitter? Yeah, I, mom. Uh huh. I've been searching for trucks this week. Oh, that's right. I haven't that's been right. unloading I'm grain sorry. where I could scroll Twitter. Well, it's the biggest news story of the yeah. century. So whatever. It really is, actually. <laughs> but uh, speaking of TikTok, from yeah. the Pew Research Center headline: More Americans are getting news on TikTok, bucking the trend on other social media sites. Uh oh. A small but growing share of U.S. adults say they are regularly getting news on TikTok. This is in contrast with many other social media sites where news consumption has either declined or stayed about the same in recent years. In just two years, the share of U.S. adults who say they regularly get news from TikTok has roughly tripled from 3% in 2020 to 10% in 2022. That's going to keep going up, and there's a reason for it. Why? TikTok is not perfect. It's not perfect. They do ban weird shit, stupid shit sometimes, but they don't censor everything. You know, let me give you an example. Okay. Join pod or I joined Facebook, right? Yeah. I made that post last night of been a rough week, but we're hanging in there, right? Yes. A lot of people saw that post. Yeah. Had almost 500 likes, 450 or something, right? Okay. So a lot of people saw it. Today, when we're done with this podcast, I'll share it to Facebook. It won't get hardly any. Right. And it's not because people hate this podcast. It's because Facebook has somehow or another figured that this podcast is not what goes along with what Zuckerbutt wants. Yeah. And they throttle it. Sure. They censor it. Yeah. It's real funny because sometimes you'll get, you know, 50... 50 likes on a podcast post that you, you do or whatever. And then the next day you'll get like five or the next time you'll get like five or yeah. 10. The it's first, crazy. right it's when crazy. I joined Facebook and I, I shared the first time of the podcast, whatever one it was that week. Yeah. Within, I don't know, a day it had a hundred likes. So, I mean, people were seeing it. Yes. Two weeks later, some, they, I guess they figured out that this is not the news they want spread. Yeah. And throttle kill it I, mm-hmm. I almost wonder if the likes that i do get are from people who actually go to my page and see it there, and then look like for it, it. Yeah. like it never come across their feed mm. but i don't know hmm. and i'm not that damn worried about it but right. the, i'm just i'm just contrasting tiktok has its flaws but it's still more free than any american form of social media platform i really yeah. i really think so hmm. moving on fortune magazine i bet you this is a story nobody has heard about but I'm about to tell you about it. I can't wait. <laughs> we were talking about Bill Gates earlier. Yeah. Bill Gates is turning alcohol into jet fuel with a $50 million grant to an experimental in, uh, energy firm. So I guess, well, let me read it to you. The burgeoning market for sustainable, I hate that word, sustainable. <laughs> sustainable. <laughs> Oil production sustainable. You just got to keep drilling for it. Just like ethanol is sustainable, you just got to keep planting corn. 
I digress. The burgeoning market for sustainable jet fuel will soon reach a milestone. With a plant capable of turning out for the first time a lower emission fuel at the same price as a as fossil fuel-based options. Listen to that. A plant capable of turning out for the first time a lower emission fuel at the same price as fossil fuel based options but it takes a 50 million dollar grant yeah that doesn't sound to me like i wonder how many grants exxon or chevron or any of these people who actually you know what refine this is. fuel this is a lab grown plant a lab grown <laughs> i don't have any idea they are growing plants and making it <laughs> i don't know bill gates is nutty he's crazy Sorry. Well, once again, that's like we just said, because he's a multi-ulti-billionaire, he thinks he's smart at everything. I think one of my sisters thinks that he's in charge of a lot of the river <laughs> because of... Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm sorry. The first time I heard that, I just laughed, but I don't know anything about it. So. Yeah. Anyway. While the global aviation sector is responsible for only about 3% of the gases that are warming the planet today, which is a lie... Its emissions are rising fast in a world that needs to reach net zero emissions to avoid the worst effects of climate change. Oh, yeah, the climate change is not sending these tropical storms up through the Midwest to fill up the Mississippi River. That climate change? Because remember, Jen Carfagno earlier this summer when St. Louis got 10 inches of rain. Well, that's just what we're going to get. You're just going to get 10 inches of rain at a time now. You're just going to get used to it. That? that, that this is why this cl climate change is whatever they want it to be. Right. You know why it's not raining outside right now? Climate change. You know why it rained overnight? Oh. Climate change. Oh. oh. Yeah. yeah. You know why it gets hot in the summer? Climate change. Cold in the winter? Climate change. Got it. Yeah, you get it. Green solutions are desperately needed to meet the increasing demand for flying. The chemistry to convert alcohol to jet fuel was developed nearly 100 years ago. But it has since been refined to work at much higher efficiency and lower costs. LanzaJet claims it can convert almost every carbon atom coming into the process into usable fuel. But the process is still energy intensive. That means without subsidies or other incentives. Remember, they just said they're going to produce it for the same price. No, they're not. They need subsidies and other incentives. Oh, they're going to subsidize this. <laughs> there now. you go. Okay. There okay. you go. I mean, All right. This now article completely it contradicts sense. itself. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Which is why you're hearing it here. Okay. I'm going to point it out. That means without subsidies or other incentive, the cost of Lanzajet's uh, fuel from the first plant would be about twice as expensive <laughs> as its fossil fuel cousin at current prices. <laughs> These uh, Fortune magazine, you lying sacks of manure. You just said the same price. And now you're saying it's going to cost twice as much without subsidies. Who pays for the subsidies? Us. We do. To allow LanzaJet's fuel to compete in the market, the company sought, quote unquote, concessionary capital. Money that comes in the form of grants or low interest loans. Well, this thing just said grant. $50 million grant. This battle over climate change is wrecking our economy. It is. At what point, I'm sitting here thinking, at what point do we stop paying federal taxes? Because this is not, this is not taxation with representation. No. 
that that this is not this isn't what it is so what at what point do we just stop paying taxes are you the first to go to jail be willing to because that's where you're going to end up well i mean how do we get together and say you know what we're going to stop paying taxes you vote these assholes out i I mean but that obviously i I mean if you've got a the tony reed mindset nothing is going to change ever going to change so you've got that and a lot of people are not going to vote just because they think it doesn't make a difference, which I disagree with 100%. But Tony Reid still pays taxes, right? I'm sure he does. So at what point do we all band together and say our federal government, our state government is not giving, is not doing what we what we were told they were going to do? They're just doing this on no, these people tell Based us. On, these liberals tell us they're going to do this shit. These what? liberals tell us we're going to shove this shit. These liberals tell us we are going to tax your cows. Bill burping. Gates is not in office, though. No, no, but somebody in office <laughs> has okayed to give this man $50 million as a grant <sighs> to start this company for sustainable jet fuel continuing on with your climate change madness <laughs> okay from bloomberg.com america's diesel shortage will exact a heavy toll what do joe biden and harry s truman have in common both presidents ran the u.s when american stockpiles of distillate fuel were exceptionally low currently the u.s has just 106 million barrels of diesel and heating oil in commercial stocks the last time inventories were that low in mid-october was in 1951 when truman was in the white house Hmm. typically inventory should be 30 percent higher this time of year Such low levels are alarming because diesel is the workhorse of the global economy. It powers trucks and vans, excavators, freight trains, ships, I'll add combines, tank trucks, drilling rigs. A shortage would mean higher costs for everything from trucking to farming to construction. Here are the reasons. And we can dissect these. The reasons for the collapse in inventories and the price surge are fourfold. First, Local diesel demand has recovered quicker than gasoline and jet fuel from the impact of the pandemic, draining stocks. Second, foreign demand is also strong, with American diesel exports running at an unusually high level. Third, the U.S. also has lower refining capacity than before, reducing its capacity to make fuel. What have I been saying? Build refineries. Build refineries. You want more of this stuff? Build refineries. Be able to refine more of it. And the last reason, of course, as predictable as it ever could be, and then there's Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The U.S. was importing a significant amount of Russian fuel oil before the war, which its Gulf of Mexico-based refiners turned into diesel. The trade ended after the White House sanctioned Russian petroleum exports. Okay, Joe, we got an easy way to fix this. We have people that we like, people that are friends up north in Canada. Resume building the Keystone XL pipeline and replace that supply. That's all you got to do. You know, this was on. See, I I came up with this story oh, uh, last week, and then I wish we would have done the podcast last week because right. you would have heard it then. Yeah. Because what was it? Wednesday night, Tucker Carlson. Yes. It caught up to him. Yes. Right. I always like to be ahead of Tucker Carlson. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, the Keystone XL pipeline, let's start piping this this oil from Canada down here. Well, I'm, I'm more than happy to do business with my friends. Buy that oil, 
build more refineries. Whenever my dad and I went down to Mayfield, Kentucky here a few days ago, there were places diesel fuel was $2 a gallon higher than gasoline. I, I saw one place, no, more than one place, Three seventy-five a gallon for gasoline, five seventy-five for diesel. It was mm-hmm. exactly two bucks. It was like that Harrisburg not too long ago, Un- two weeks ago. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. Hey. And you know what I'm what I'm thinking? We've sent all of this money over to Ukraine. Do you know that we could have built thirty border walls, at least thirty border walls? Oh yeah. With the amount of money that we've sent, how many to refineries Ukraine? could we have built? I don't know. See, this is the thing. We need to elect these people. We need to elect people that look at the EPA and give them the middle finger. Yeah. Same with the like the Illinois Department of Natural Resources. Give them the middle finger. Mm-hmm. You see the mail we get from those people every it's week. It's ridiculous. You've it's got too dumb. many weeds. Too many weeds on a firewall. I mean, these people want to do everything they can, even all the way down to Illinois. Well, it's summertime, and then if we use Roundup, and then if we've got 2,4-D we'll in it, then it's going to kill all this stuff. Blah. Yeah. No, I mean... Yeah. The, the war on oil, is uh, it's just unbelievable. I will say, well, that's true. It is so true because it's not, it's fossil fuels. But, you know, we talked about price gouging. Yeah. The other day. You know, something we didn't think about was the medical, the medical side of things. Price gouging, like insurance. That's true because they've taken capitalism yeah. out of it. You said that there is no, yeah. you don't, you didn't really believe in well, price okay. gouging. So after, after we <laughs> recorded that, I did actually think of one instance where it is okay. a price gouge, but okay. you're still not forced to spend the money. Okay. Go to a major league baseball game and buy a, a can of beer. <laughs> <laughs> Are they really gouging the prices though? If I, if I agree to pay it, that's not gouging, but I they mean, got you. Yeah, I that's mean, true. you're not going to pack beer from the parking lot in there. Yeah. You got to buy beer in there for twenty dollars a can you if know you want to drink some beer if you don't want to pay it don't buy it that's true and i thought about another one i made a tiktok last year about going to big lots which i don't i very rarely ever walk into a big lots because there's not one close and well i just don't ever think to go there but i had found this light that i wanted to get for alden to replace his old one that he had broken and uh <laughs> It had a red sticker on it. So I'm like, oh, great. It's on clearance for, you know, 15 bucks. I get home and I peel the stickers off because that's what you do when you're wrapping presents. You take the price sticker off. And underneath that red sticker was one that was cheaper than the red sticker. Of course. So, like, I believe that retail stores price gouge during the the price up so they can make it look like a deal on Black Friday. Yes. Yeah. Or on, you know, Christmas, that last minute Christmas deal. Come in and get your deal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but but the healthcare industry, I think See, it is that's crazy. Not gouging though, that's just shady. I that all that is just shady. That's not gouging though. Shady, I could say it's pretty shitty. <laughs> shitty too. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's kind of a crappy way to do. I mean, to do yeah. your customers. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. 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 You know, and a thing of it is, is I think that a lot of people have been woken up to the whole like America first. Like it's okay that we put ourselves first and other countries second because that other country should be putting their people first. I'm okay with anything American first and like big lots screwing over their American customer (laughs) with a China made toy. Like, I'm not okay with it. Like, yeah. I feel like that's really kind of crappy of a... Anyways, yeah. I, I live in this utopian world that everybody wants well, good for everybody, and that's not necessarily... Going, going back to this diesel <laughs> shortage story. 
You know, it says uh, it says American diesel exports running at unusually high level. I, what the hell are we doing exporting any right now? Why are we? We need it. Yeah. Why are we putting other places ahead of us? Do you think they're going to have like a ticker countdown on Fox and on CNN, like of how many days until we run out of diesel as a country? Well, I, I, no, no. <laughs> but I, you know, the thing is, is, is on the East Coast, you know, so, so to, to heat our house, we burn propane. Mm. On the East Coast, they basically burn, it's called fuel oil, it's kerosene. Okay. You know, what is it with all this alarmism for this coming winter? You know, Europe's going to freeze. Well, hell, now yeah. if we only have a 25-day supply of diesel. We're going to freeze. <laughs> we ain't. Well, I mean. But those people on the East Coast We can't get propane might. to us. Well, yeah. I'm just saying, we're talking diesel. Distillates. That's that's what they heat their I'm house with. I'm thinking of getting the propane to our supplier who supplies our home. <laughs> yeah, the diesel that's in the truck that delivers yes. the propane. Okay, <laughs> that's fair what enough. I'm thinking. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't know. My dad and I had this conversation. He drove up from Marion and came to Alden's flag football game and then came to the farm. But we were having this conversation of the fear factor and all of these people. And he said, well, you know, kerosene, who uses kerosene in their homes? Well, there's a lot of people who still use this space heater fueled salamanders with, fueled with kerosene yeah like it's not a, a safe thing yeah it's not safe to put in your house but people I do it in the house no. people still do it though they do um and so anyways we had this conversation about it and um why is there such a fear factor over. why why over this winter he was asking the yeah. same question yeah. that you're asking why <laughs> i know why what was it like two months ago? We were reading all these stories of how Europe's going to freeze to death. Yeah, you know, and what, what little natural gas they are going to have over there. They're not going to be producing any fertilizers with it. It's all going to be going to homes to heat them. <sighs> and firewood's now a commodity there. <laughs> like, why are we still even listening to what anybody's putting out? I don't out? know. I, I don't know. I don't know. Do you know? I went to. It's easy to get discouraged in our in our country right now. You look around and it's a bit easy, but we're going to be all right. You know, it is. Uh, my faith lies in God, and I know that He's got us taken care of. It's fun to talk about politics with you because we've always talked about it, right? Oh yeah, super fun. Um, and I'm and I don't know everything, but I know just enough to be dangerous. Yeah, I do like to stay in contact with our Congress people and our uh, locals. Yeah, and uh, now that I'm a committee person or committeeman. <laughs> Yeah. It's pretty cool. I went to um, a an event this week. I took Alden with me and met our new congressman. Yeah, we lost Mary Miller, who mm-hmm. is a rock star. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, after the Democrats did all their gerrymandering, we lost her as our representative. Yeah. We picked up this guy named Mike Bost. Yes. Uh, I had met him years ago whenever he first ran because he was the representative down where I, I'm from. Anyways, um, I don't remember ever having a conversation with him. Long story short, I found out about a website called libertyscore.com or conservativelibertyscore.org. And you can look up any representative in any state in the U.S. Any of them? Any. It's not just an Illinois Not thing. just an Illinois. Libertyscoreconservative.org or something. So if you do that, you can you look need- and see... How these people are scored, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, not G, F. <laughs> yeah. A through F. If they score an A, like Mary Miller, you um, that means that she voted with the conservative party. Yeah. And in America First policies. So they have all of these bills that have been 
um, voted on yeah, and what the party stands for and what the bill stands for, whatever. It's kind of like an overview. Um, and Mike Bost rate is rated an F. An F. An F. He's the Republican that I have no choice but to vote for. Yeah. He's a John McCain, it sounds like. We we will vote for Mike Bost. Of because course. Because he, he has been endorsed by Trump this election season. Um, he has been endorsed by a few other people. Why did Trump endorse him? <laughs> I don't know. And I and I could not find the endorsement, but he did. He claimed that in this meeting. Boss that, did. Yes. But you can't find where Trump actually said I, it. Yeah, I don't I don't know. It may be on his website and I didn't look far enough. I don't know. But he did say this in this meeting. So um, somebody just came out and asked him, what do you think about Donald Trump? The first thing he says was, I was a Donald Trump supporter. Was. Okay. That was the word that stuck out to me. I I ain't okay with it. (laughs) I'm not. Like, what do you mean was? Well, he looks around the room. He reads the room. My face says everything about what I'm thinking. I have a hard time, like, filtering faces. So my eyes, I know, were, like, twice as big as they normally are. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, you just said was? You have no idea where you're at right now. There are Trump, Trump, Pence flags all over the place in this area yeah so so that was a red flag to me so he's re- looking around reading the room and then he's like okay now i'm safe to talk about trump because i can tell these people agree i can tell what he's doing so as he's, he's gutless speaking. so yes so then <laughs> i'm just like okay i know everything i need to know i find about this truth score website you need to find that website and, and tell the people what it's actually called truth score what is it it's liberty score LibertyScore.org? Liberty Score. What so, is it? So um, he was, <laughs> I'm going to find it. Okay. It was, uh, he was also endorsed by the Farm Bureau, the Illinois. Who I am growing to, I, I, I we all know what uh, Tony Reed thinks of the Farm Bureau. I ha, I'm not on his level of dislike of the Farm Bureau, but this past week, uh, I'm, I've lost a tremendous amount of respect for him. And I can tell you right now, I am a member of the Farm Bureau. And the only reason I, the only reason is because of country insurance. Mm-hmm. And and they get me cheaper insurance for vehicles, farm liability, things like that. Mm-hmm. Than what I could get outside from Allstate or wherever, any of their competitors. Yeah. That ever changes. The Illinois Farm Bureau can shove it up their ass because I don't like them anymore. Tell the people why. Okay. So the website that I was referring to is libertyscore.conservativereview.com. There we go. If you just put that in your Brave or your DuckDuckGo, or I don't know if it'll show up on Google because I haven't tried, but um, you can go in there and and look. That's any party any representative, you can look and find it there. Well, I started looking into the Illinois Farm Bureau. They now have a pack, and it's called Illinois. Of course, <laughs> Illinois Farm Bureau Activator. Okay, yeah. that's their pack, and they endorse people. Guess who they endorse this year? This is why I'm. I just can't stand them. For four hour. <laughs> so Mike Boss got the endorsement. All right. From the Illinois Farm Bureau activator. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. So did a few other conservatives. I will give them that. However, they endorsed Tammy Duckworth. Who is our senator. Our she, senators are Tammy Duckworth and Dick Durbin. 
Mm-hmm. Tammy's up for re-election right now. Mm-hmm. Tammy stands for um, women's rights, abortion rights in the state of Illinois. Mm-hmm. She's also for restrictive gun laws. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this woman is as, as left-leaning extreme as you can. She's a climate change zealot. If you can go to her, even Facebook... It is. It's ridiculous. So, um, Ann Gillespie is also a Tammy. She's right up Tammy Duckworth's alley. Like, just they're they're one and the same. The Farm Bureau. So is the endorsing Farm Bureau. Yes. Liberals. Yes. Liberal POSs. Mm-hmm. Um, just to give you an example, Tammy Duckworth says two or three days ago, "I am with President Joe Biden. Ac- acting to lower gas prices isn't a political issue. It's about doing right by working families. And I have a bill to get the job done. Oh, really? What you're going to do? Ban more drilling? <sighs> Take more refineries offline? Make sure the Keystone XL doesn't get built? October 15th of Tammy Duckworth. A vote for Democrat is a vote for more affordable health care, reproductive rights, and the common sense gun safety reform we need to save lives. Vote early. Vote by mail. Vote in person. Make your voice heard and let, let's let win this. Okay, affordable health care. That's Obamacare. How did that work out for any of us? Nothing. Not good. Nothing got affordable Reproductive about that. rights. That's abortion. What reproductive rights are, are- Killing babies. What do, what do we need more reproductive rights for? That's right. Women have the right to have babies. Women have the right to take birth control. Yep. Period. Have the right not to have sex. Exactly. Common sense gun safety reform. What, you, you mean n- like the Safety Act? Is yeah. that what she's talking about? They're going to, yeah. That, they don't want you to have a gun. That's all there is to it. There's no common sense about it. We have plenty of common sense gun safety reforms. Plenty of them. Effing, Effingham County Farm Bureau endorsed Ann Gillespie for Illinois Senate. You go ahead and you look up Ann Gillespie. Effingham County, which is right north yeah. of us, just two, not even two hours away from us. I'm done with these people. These, Illinois this Farm, Farm Bureau. Bureau. Yeah. And you know what? They're they represent did- farmers. I'm a, I'm a, who in the... Oh boy, I almost said Who elected it. them? What I want to know... These are I- lobbyists that are supposed to go to Washington for Illinois farmers, right? Right. And I wonder, <laughs> the vast majority, vast majority of farmers are staunch conservatives. Uh-huh. Conservatives, pro-gun, Christian. Not all. Pro-protect my land. You're not coming to get my land. Damn right. Yeah. Take your carbon shit and shove it up your ass. Yeah. This death is a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, because they use it. But you know what? So, so here's what's going to happen. You have this dumbass Farm Bureau, dumb Farm Bureau, that's going to go out and you know what they're going to do? They're yeah. going to support Tammy Duckworth. Mm-hmm. They're going to support this Gillespie person. And instead of doing what they should do and tell these two these two idiots, these two liberals, listen, you could take your cow burping legislation and shove mm-hmm. it up your ass. Mm-hmm. Instead, what these assholes are going to do, the Illinois Farm Bureau, they're not going to tell them to shove it up their ass. They're going to start debating how many cows does a farmer need to have before he qualifies right. to have his cows right. taxed. Yeah. When in all actuality, we don't negotiate with the yeah. devil. We defeat them. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Exactly. You're exactly right. Mary Miller and Chris Miller represent our state. They represent farmers in the state also. Neither one of them were endorsed by the Farm Bureau this year. Chris is a state representative. Mary is a federal representative. And Mary is the nicest person you would ever meet. She is so nice. Her husband is a great dude. We've talked to him many times. Great people. And the Illinois Farm Bureau did not endorse them. Mm -hmm. Chris is a farmer. 
He farms just like you and me. Mm-hmm. Mary is a farmer. I mean, and she's the a, Farm Bureau. Yeah, yeah. Didn't endorse the farmer. Yeah. That doesn't tell you everything you need to know about the Illinois Farm Bureau. So let me let me read this to you, just so that we're all on the same page. Back in uh, July, I believe this was July, um, before the no, okay, before the June primary, okay. Right. So so people that are running against each other to get on the ballot for November are running in this primary. So the Illinois Farm Bureau PAC, which is called Activator. (laughs) I'm going to read this a little bit. Okay, tell me. Tell me when to stop. The chairman, Kenton Thomas, um, he's the chairperson, not the chairman, because now in Illinois, we can't say man or woman. We have to say chairperson. (laughs) American politics can be rough can be a rough and tumble world. This season has has been no different, and in some instances, probably even bumpier than usual. The print, television, radio, and social media advertisements get cloudier and cloudier. To stay above the fray, Illinois Farm Bureau Activator follows a very strict internal code that we do not stoop to cheap political theatrics. Our candidate endorsement process starts with local farmer members, just like yourself. The farmers serve on trustee committees and determine which candidates merit endorsement and support. This responsibility is not taken lightly. The farmers, (laughs) I'm sorry, the farmer trustees make their decisions based on if the candidate is dependable, honest, dedicated, fair, communicates clearly, is positive towards agriculture, is knowledgeable of the lawmaking process and agriculture, is visionary, and the list goes on. This is not always easy, and the farmer trustees know a lot is riding on their recommendation. So let me stop there. Okay. (laughs) What about Tammy Duckworth? Is any of any of that? None. Okay. Let me go on. Over the past few months, farmer trustees took action to endorse and support several candidates. A lot is at stake this election for both Congress and the Illinois state legislator. In the very near future, legislators in Washington will be tasked with writing the next farm bill and other pieces of legislation that will have a major impact on our industry. In Springfield, decisions will be made about how to protect your private property rights, ensure safe and reliable products can be applied to your crops, whether our livestock sector can grow and thrive, just to mention a few. We need elected officials who put agriculture at the top of their minds to ensure farmers have strong voice representing them in the halls of government. Yada, yada, yada. As chairperson of Illinois Activator, I encourage you to please join us in supporting and voting the following candidates. So after all of that, yeah, you can go to Tammy Duckworth's Facebook page and not find one thing. Word about ag. agriculture. Yes. Isn't that some bullshit? But they support this person. Yep. That, that's who they want us to vote for. And I guarantee you, Tammy Duckworth is going to be right behind making sure that the next tier whatever diesel engine with even more death fluid going through it is going to be the next thing up, going to make sure that we're going to have to put more windmills up, going to make sure we're going to keep taking more and more out of this good, of this good farmland mm-hmm. out of production and put solar panels on it. How in the hell does that fix a farm? How does that make a farm better? Yeah. Well, if you're the landowner, I guess it'll make more money off of it. Yeah, if you're the you know, landowner, how does how about the most farmers rent their farm ground? I think we should abolish the Illinois Farm Bureau. I, 
I'm with Tony just now. Like, just, just like the FBI. We need to yep. tear it down and start anew if we need a new. Yep. But I don't think we need a new. I don't think we need lobbyists to go. I don't think we need these people getting salaries from these PACs because that Illinois Activator PAC is probably supplying some salary or some si- sort of stipend to somebody with Farm Bureau dues that we pay. Oh, yeah. yeah, we're paying for this shit. I mean, I pay. And I they're think it's endorsing a year. I'm not Tammy sure. Duckworth. Yep. Among other liberals. I mean, they did come out and endorse some conservatives. Don't get me wrong. They did. I, go look at. I mean, if you want to know, just go look it up. But yeah. I get all choked up about the stuff. I don't blame you. Well, I get aggravated. Mary Miller works her rear end off. She is a an American first policy congresswoman yep she is she is as solid as they come she is unmovable in her faith she is a trump supporter so what because he's american first yep america first everything yep so and chris, is her husband and chris Farman. the same you, you know not one word about you, the millers what you just read they they want candidates that care about agriculture yet mary and chris didn't they didn't cut the mustard you know why and they probably paid their dues for 30 or 40 years i bet I, I bet. bet Tammy has never paid dues. She's probably now. Let me pay you back dues for 20 years yeah. with this such and such grant that Bill Gates provided. I don't know. I'm yeah. just spitballing. But like at I said, same time, the only, the only reason I'm a member of the Farm Bureau is because of country insurance and I get cheaper rates. That is the, that is the only, and I guarantee you, if country insurance wants to F around and start raising their rates, and, and, and I mean, all state or whoever, state farm, you name it even becomes remotely competitive. You're going to start supporting Tammy Duckworth and these liberals who are going to try to put a kibosh to people like me who pull pull my own weight, try to farm. The, the irony about Farm anyway, Bureau. Yeah. You're going to start doing that. I'm not going to do business with you. Yeah. To hell with you. It's really, really unfortunate. But, I mean, I think people should know this information. They should know. I didn't know. And, I mean, I didn't hey, know. listen, my insurance agent, who, mm-hmm. I mean, I won't say his name, but he's a tremendous guy. Mm-hmm. I've done business with him my whole life, or, you know, my whole career. I I hope that, I hope he listens. I know he listens to podcasts sometimes. I hope he hears this and, and ask some questions. Like, what the hell are you guys doing? This ain't right. I think it's going to take people like you and me talking about this, like people that are actually members saying, hey, WTF, why are we endorsing somebody who doesn't stand for anything agriculture or conservative values like what we were founded on initially? And when did our when did we change our minds about who we were like? Yeah. What do you mean? I guarantee to you. I can. I, yes, there are some farmers that are probably are liberals. I've mm-hmm. seen them before. Sure. The vast majority are not. They are rock ribbed red-blooded, conservative, hard-working folks who want nothing to do with the policies of liberal Democrats and Tammy Duckworth. And why are we conservatives? What are we conserving? The Constitution? Yeah. Our rights as individuals and American citizens? Private property rights? <laughs> you know, th- that's Our like, money? Are we the, conserving money? In the thing money? you read, they said something wanna... about private property rights. Who's, yeah. You know... What? <laughs> How is Tammy Duckworth going to protect my private property rights? She already said she wants more gun control. Right. <laughs> gun safety reform acts that we need to save lives. Oh. Especially farmers' lives because they matter so much to her. Right. 
Well, guys, we've been on here a while. Long time. Yeah. Wow. Hey, I'm still harvesting, so I guess we'll continue with the uh, hair bands of harvest. Okay. Did you pick out this week's song? I did. Did you? It is a pretty good one. It's a good one. It is. Yeah. So, oh, man, some poison. God, I love me some Brett Michaels. <laughs> yeah. He tried to do some country, and it sucked uh, about that reality I don't know, three TV. or four years ago. Reality TV is not for him either. No. <laughs> oh, well. We're going to get out of here. I'm sorry for not being here last week. We will try to be here next week. Jesus Christ is still our king. Leah Thomas is still a boy. You were born an American. Don't forget to be one. We will see you next week, y'all. Have a good one. Adios. Wait, yeah.